I really hate Dabo. I think he's just a, you know, he's on my 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 short list of coaches who I can't stand and I wish ill will on. Um, but I do agree with him that there's not 12 teams good enough for the for the college football playoffs. Um, but you know, if he's a man of his word, he should go ahead and quit because once players get paid, he's going to quit coaching football because then, that's not what it's about. Yeah, uh, I thought he was supposed guy, to announce his retirement. Yeah, the guy's just a scumbag. Um, you know, slime ball. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know of a coach who is as dirty as, as Dabo. So, you know, this dirty Dabo, this this church going, um, God God fearing, country, good old boy, is just a cheating scumbag. I love it. Nate's back. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are on this wonderful Thursday evening with all the guys in the studio tonight. Man, I don't know. The stars have aligned. We've got everyone on the show. Like, go ahead and punch your lottery ticket and head to the gas station. This is shocking. But uh, we've got we got a lot to talk about this evening. We've got Nate Greer, lead recruiting insider, back with us up here in the top right corner. Looks like he's ready to head into the Army with this new cut that he just got. We've got Austin VZ back in the closet down below. We've got D. Lou at the bottom right hanging out with us this evening. Gentlemen, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about on the dock. How are y'all doing? Doing great. And I just want to welcome great. welcome Nate back to the show. You yeah. know, we have really missed your insight the last couple of weeks. So welcome yeah, back. I really want to just compliment how great everyone looks. And everyone looks like they've been really working hard, working on their looks. I mean, I, I'm really proud of Logan's haircut. Uh, Dustin, you're looking very svelte. And, and also, that room looks just absolutely phenomenal. Man, everything looks really great. I love, I love how you comment on Logan's hair and he's wearing a hat. It's just yeah. perfect. <laughs> so I don't feel like that's real or not. But, Nate, yeah. I do like your, your shirt there, your Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, I'm, getting ready, I'm getting ready for battle. You know, It really does look like it. Like, are you getting uh, ready getting for ready training for camp? Season. I'm getting ready for camp. the season, man. I'm getting ready for for the season, you know. Are you going in or what? In what position? Uh, I'm going, you know, left bitch. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, uh, definitely appreciate everybody hanging out with us. If you're on live right now, feel free to hit the like button. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, you can always listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, just mentioned YouTube. But we've got a lot to talk about tonight. ACC Media Day. For Florida State happened uh, earlier this morning throughout the day. A lot of interviews there to look at. 
We're going to start off the podcast so talking about Bobby Bowden and the news that just surfaced uh, just yesterday. And then we've got a lot of stuff here to go over. We've got Cam Akers uh, out for the 2021 season. We've got 2023 quarterback Chris Parson just committed earlier today on his birthday. Sean Payton's favoring Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston already. We'll see. We'll discuss that. And then Vince Williams retires from the NFL. At the end of the football category, we're also going to talk about the top concerns heading into fall camp. Gentlemen, let's go ahead and start off here with the Bobby Bowden news that we received yesterday. Uh, it was really, really a terrible day overall. Um receiving the, the the article from the Tallahassee Democrat. Uh, Coach Bowden has been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Uh, his brother, Terry Bowden, actually shared the news that he has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, and the Bowden family is there supporting uh, Coach. Uh, we know I've, I've been around Coach Ann a lot, definitely Coach Bowden too. But, you know, Coach Ann, Miss Ann is definitely going to be taking care of of Bobby and a quote here from coach saying, I've always tried to serve God's purpose for my life on and off the field. And I'm prepared for what is to come. My wife, Anne and our family have been life's greatest blessing. I am at peace. And so uh, this was shared yesterday from the Tallahassee Democrat um, and extremely just something you never, you never want to think about definitely for a, a man of that stature, of Bobby Bowden, you know, a lot of things, not only the things for me when I was younger, I'm sure we'll discuss, but for this town overall, Tallahassee and college football uh, across the, the nation, you know, the, it was just a rough, rough news to receive yesterday. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older, older than you guys. So, you know, I got to witness a lot more uh, uh, of that whole, you know, the ascension of, of Florida state to, you know, that, that truly elite program. So, you know, you know I tweeted out, you know, this, that, that's my coach. It's always been my favorite coach. And, you know, you knew the day is going to come at some point, but it still doesn't make it any less um, easier to hear that, you know, someone that you idolize growing up and, and someone that you really follow and really try to watch and everything he does, you know, and, and – for it to, to go sideways, like it seems like it's going to probably happen very quickly. Um, you know, it, it's just sad, you know, that, you know, someone that is the legend that he is, you know, it, for, for me, you know, he's the best coach in the history of college football. I don't care about everything else. You can have your own, you know, argument with the wall. You know, to me, he's, he's the best. Um, everything he's done on and off the field, and it's just him as a person, man. He's, you know, I know a lot of people are, you know, arguing on Twitter based off his political beliefs, but, you know, you just go ahead and separate that from this this whole conversation and, and everything. So, you know, for me, it is, you know, you look at him as a person and what he's done for so many people, man. It's just, it's, it's going to be a rough day. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's crushing because Bobby Bowden, he put Florida State on the map. You know, Bobby Bowden is Florida State, really. And, you know, I didn't really get a chance to appreciate his tenure as much as I wish I would have just because, you know, I was younger. But, you know, being a little bit older now and being able to look back on it and reflect on everything, you know, you really see 
what he meant to the program then and what he still means to the program and people across the the country now. So, you know, outside of that, like Nate said, off the field, just an, an outstanding guy and a, a man of class. So it's very sad. And I, I think it is important that we have Nate on here who is older than us three, that just because he lived through it. You know, mm -hmm. I grew up starting with like the Drew Weatherford era, which was fine, but it wasn't the tenure you're used to. But I still came mm -hmm. from a Florida State family. Both of my parents went there. They were there in the 90s watching us win titles. So they idolized Bowden, as mm -hmm. everyone should. He was just, he was that guy. And anytime, I think I met him twice, maybe three times. And just every time, Bobby was just such a great guy. Everything you hear in stories, everything you read in articles, he, he just, he was the stand-up guy. He built Florida State brick by brick. Um, and we all thought it was important to go to his last game when in the Gator Bowl against West Virginia just because, yeah, the last six, seven years may not have gone the way everyone thought, but he was still Florida State. And you could see it the way all those former players showed up to that game, mm -hmm. the way the crowd reacted after the game. You know, you could tell that th this is someone special. And yeah, the news yesterday was pretty depressing to a lot of people. I'm sure there was a lot of tears shed everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it, I think having a little bit of buffer period to get us ready was kind of needed. Yeah. And yeah. like you look at, you know, you know, you talk about like that, that the end of the era. Yeah. It, it was you know, not fun to watch as a fan and it sucked the way it, it happened. You know, I, I was there at that last game on the, on the sideline and, and just interacting with the players and watching the team and everything. It was just, and watching him and in that, um, in that press conference, you know, I, I'm happy he went out with a W, but that that guy's one of my idols as, as a kid. You know, Bo Jackson, Walter Payton, Bobby Bowden, and, and Michael Jordan. It's like, it's that's it, one reason why you know, I I became so ingrained in being a Florida State fan is, you know, other than not not being a Florida fan like most of my family and being different, you know, choosing something else. But also, you know, you read about someone and, you know, his beliefs and who he is as a person. And, you know, you, you root for him as a person, but also you know, becoming a Florida State fan is one of the reasons, you know, th that became a part of it because I was such a fan of the man himself. So uh, everything aside, what he did on the field is – just makes him not in my eyes that, that much of a greater person. Mm -hmm. And he represented, you know, Florida State in such a fantastic manner. You know, highly respected across all of sports, definitely college football, of course. But you know, the former players that have you know been publishing tweets and putting out Facebook posts and videos and wishing the Bowden family the best, and you know, also wishing. Uh, Miss Ann, the best too, because she's a phenomenal woman, and you know was right by his side through this whole entire journey too. And you know, I'm I have so many fond memories of you know Coach, and you know a lot of people my age will probably you know be remembered by a lot of the camps we were able to go to to a lot of his football camps, and him coming you know pulling you over to the golf cart and putting you on his lap and talking to you about football and just seeing how your day was going and certain things like that. And then just saying, dad gummit, you know, he would never really cuss, but he'd say dad gummit <laughs> very consistently. And I probably wish he could say some words, but you know, he was just a man of the Lord and you know, it, it's just 
I don't know. It's terrible news and, and for Tallahassee as a whole, and it just won't be, it will be a devastating day, a week, month, uh, maybe year overall for the, for this town because he's done just so much and they've lived in that same neighborhood here in Tallahassee. Everybody knows where they live and they all respect that family and, and let them have their privacy. And he's done so much for the community and, you know, he just wants to simply have some fun and play golf and, He's just a good man. So the receiving that news was was tough, and we were able to hear it from multiple other coaches. You know, Jimbo Fisher spent a good amount of time answering that question and talking about Bobby Bowden and how much he meant to him and his coaching career overall, how he was as a man, how he took him inside of his house whenever he was younger, coming in for camps in Tallahassee. You know, it's you know a lot of people have gigantic amount of respect for Coach Bowden. So. Um, it, it just, just like I said, devastating news to receive. And we wish the Bowden family all of the best. Yeah. It's not just coaches that, you know, coach at Florida state, you know, I saw Mike Leach say something about it during SEC media days yesterday. And I'm sure there's other coaches as well that said, said things that I'm sure I missed. Um, and just college football in general, you, you know, he innovated the game in such a way, especially offensively bringing in Charlie Ward and that whole 93 team. Really revolutionized offense for the next 20 years, and it's still growing now because of what he did in the 90s. And we will never see a run like like Florida State had in the 90s. 14 straight top fives. You know, if the playoff system's integrated back then, Florida State's probably got four or five national championships instead of two mm-hmm. that they got. But man, listen, he just did so much. He he was that first guy who was like, you know, yeah, maybe a little bit before me, but that when the the ability to to manipulate the scholarships went away and you know the 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 field was even a little bit with scholarship limits and all that stuff he was still the first one that wanted to go play who who whomever whether it was you know some powerhouse after a school like a michigan or or in oklahoma or who whoever you know he was not afraid to play anyone because you know he built his program on, on, on being the best and you playing the best. So, you know, play the best, you can be the best. And that's one thing that I don't think you, you didn't really see anymore either. You know, you mentioned like, you know, if the four, if the playoffs were around, then I think Florida state has, you know, there's that picture that was been going around Twitter the last couple of days about him with all those rings on, you know, I, I think he has a lot more, national championships if a playoff was around, you know. Yeah, it, it, made, it made it a lot more interesting as a fan to watch college football back then, you know, when, when one game meant so much. Uh, and, and that's just how it was, you know. Florida State had a lot of heartbreak. But if that playoff system was around, you know, I, I think, you know, Florida State has five, six, seven, eight championships. So, no, he, he – yeah. And, and, and no one's going to talk anything about to me about him not being the best coach. Mm-hmm. Looking at one insane stat here, from 1987 to 2000, Florida State won 10 games or more every single season and never finished a season ranked outside of the top five. Not the mm-hmm. top 10, not the top 50, not the top 25, the top five. That is something that we will never see again in our lifetime. Ever. Really won't. There's too much, too much parody now. The fact that what Bama got it to what seven, and that was broken last year, 
seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and and that is an all time run that Alabama yeah. is on right now. You know, yeah. and, and, and they got halfway there. So just think about that. And and, and that's when cheating was the wild, wild west, you know. You know, that's when everyone was just full on. You know, it, it, it's different. It's different now. So, yeah. Like I said earlier, we wish the Bowden family all of the best and definitely for coach. And, um, you know, that we'll, we'll be there supporting them. And, uh, you know, this whole fan base is in love with them and definitely coach. And, you know, he's, he's got a ton, he's got a countrywide support, worldwide support behind him you know i i I gotta say this uh you know not not to you know get off off track but i kind of said it earlier i think you're an asshole if you bring up his political beliefs um at this at this point in time you know i I just think you're an asshole and you should not say anything agreed so I agree. There's some things that's just that's internet though for you. That's internet, yep. and no, I, mm. I, I I don't just I don't I don't agree with you know with, with you know his beliefs, but you know looking at him as, as still as that person. Yeah. No, like mm. building a Florida seat, so y'all can can relax with that. Hmm. Move on to the next topic here. Uh, we'll ha- we'll head to some some news here that Florida State. Is very happy about the staff. Is extremely excited about. They they send everybody, the whole staff on him when he arrived on campus in June. Twenty twenty three quarterback Chris Parson has picked Florida State over Miami, Kentucky, Tennessee, and others. The twenty twenty three kid. I don't think he's six foot one sixty anymore. I know two four seven sports is listing him as that right now. You know mm-hmm. those are old rankings. You know COVID nineteen hurt a lot of this, but you know this this cat right here has a very is a bright future, you know, looking at some of the film, we've done that multiple times so far, but gentlemen, what do y'all think about this pickup for Florida state? The staff was heavily, heavily after him. And what you said, Dustin, when you were interviewing him, he was telling, you know, that Norvell was telling you're, you're my number one priority at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that was the first thing, you know, since he hit campus in June, Florida state has shown him that he was a priority. And like you said, the, the entire staff was out there to, greet him and his family whenever they arrived for that visit last month. And he got a chance to sit down with Mike Norvell one-on-one. And during the meeting, Norvell uh, told him that he was at the top of their board for quarterbacks in the 2023 class. And, you know, ever since then, it's really kind of been feeling like Parson uh, was going to commit to Florida State. I didn't know it was going to happen this soon. But, you know, it also makes sense with how much of a, like I said, how much of a priority Florida State has made him. And we talked about it earlier, but he's got those Seminole bloodlines. Um, a cousin of Terrell Buckley, you know, a legendary player in Florida State history. And, you know, going, going to Parsons' um, skill set, you know, he is, he's a great pickup for FSU. Very, very good arm. Um, he makes good decisions. We've watched a little bit of his film, but you know he can he can make decisions on the fly. Like you'll see him roll out of the pocket, he'll look a guy off, and then make a play down the downfield that goes for a big gain. So I'm really excited to see how he can continue to progress over these last two years. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, a couple of names popped up early. You know, early. You know, when when. 
the, you know, the process started looking at 2023 kids, but Parsons kind of shot out real quick. As soon as they identified him, it's kind of all, all the other names kind of went, went away. So, um, yeah, like Dustin said, you know, the staff has been very high on him for a long time. So to get your number one guy in two years early it, it is another feather in the cap for what Norvell has done with the quarterback room um, since he's got at Florida State. Um, you know, Parsons isn't the biggest kid yet. He's still got two years to grow. But the, the thing that I really like about him is that I think he's got probably the best arm talent that Norvell has brought in or will bring in so far. Um, maybe other than, you know, I, I think Duffy, you know, is going to be the best quarterback that he's landed so far. But I think Parsons is right there, like Duffy, Parsons, Purdy. I think those three, if you look at what Florida State's done under Norvell, bringing those three guys in, you really elevate the room and you have three guys who can legitimately make you highly competitive. So for for FSU to, to land three classes, guys that can and, – and, you know, not not to, to step away from what Purdy, you know, ha, has – Done. You know, you know, he hasn't had the the best time so far, but in terms of talent, he he's an extremely talented quarterback. So, you know, Florida State lands another guy, another guy that fits what the offense does, and I really love his athleticism. You know, he is he is it's, he's he's an athlete, but I really like the, his ability to to effortlessly effortlessly throw the ball. So. You know, his arm talent's great. He's going to continue to grow. I don't think he's six foot either, Logan. I think he's probably a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. He made a really good point there. Um, you know, so I think some of these measurements are a little bit outdated. Um, but two years out, super talented kid. Um, for four State, like I was saying earlier, to get your number one guy early, um, can focus on, on some other positions. So, you know, four State's just been killing it this offseason. And – you know, it's another it's another one that you got to be excited about. Yeah, and you know, and you mentioned uh, his. Um, go ahead. No, I, I'm saying I was gonna say you look at the quarterback room before him, and, and, and just the difference. You know, th that's one reason to be excited about the direction of this program because you know we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast the importance of that quarterback position. So to to get him on the boat early, you know, get a guy that you can continue to recruit around and build around, you know, it, it is something that it, it allows us to focus on other things. So. Yeah. And you, um, you mentioned his athleticism and, you know, he's definitely a dual threat quarterback, but the thing mm -hmm. I really like when I watch him on film is normally he's using that speed to kind of maneuver around in the pocket while continuing to look downfield and make the play. You don't see him just kind of tucking and running immediately. There's a guy mm -hmm. he's going through his reads He's, you know, making sure he's protected and he's making plays out there. So really excited to uh, get him in the class. And he joins Lamont Green Jr., Randy Pittman, and Vondravius Jacobs in that mm -hmm. 2023 class. 247 has it ranked as the number six class in the country. So an early start and a very good start for Florida State. Hey, he's not going to be a three-star. No way. You know, um, but, you know, some of those videos Logan was showing – the reason why I think he's taller than six foot, he's got a long stride. If you watch him run, 
That's why I think he's probably taller than six feet. But great pickup. And he's also killed the camp circuit this offseason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say too. Looking at some of the training videos and, and him in the weight room so far, he's definitely put on some pounds. You know, he's not a one sixty. I think he's probably six foot one, maybe six one foot and a half. But he's definitely still growing. Definitely has a long stride too. I was gonna ask both of y'all for the recruiting game here. Where do you go back? You know, you've got Duffy. You know, it seems like maybe they're gonna stick. We'll see. You know, there's still a lot of time left. They stick with Duffy. Let's just say they have him only as a quarterback in that class but you would think in this 2023 class you're gonna look at another quarterback you know is that what y'all are thinking the staff will do is bring on another quarterback along with him i think i i think it's too early to tell got to figure out what happens with you know with with everything else you know you know Mm -hmm. um by that time you're gonna need to probably bring in two but it's a long way away to to see you know who else develops and, and who else can kind of emerge as as, an, as another guy but you know i think I, i'm a huge duffy fan um you know, we've been saying on, on on conquer talk how how we think he he's a a surefire top five quarterback in the class even before long before you know florida state was, was talking to him heavily and before he committed we were really high on him and no, he he he's he doesn't have. He's not going to wow you with you know a, a fastball, but he can make all the throws. He he his anticipation is what's going to really make him stand out in college, and, and and that's one reason why I'm a big fan of him is that you know he 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 studies the game and he anticipates very well, and that's gonna that's gonna help him and help him early in college. And, and you know, to, even if. You know, th- things unfold, and you go from a a Milton or to a Travis Purdy to a Duffy Parsons. I I think that's that's a great lineage to to continue to build the program on. I was going to mention, you know, I guess Dustin Needle. I think they kind of went through most of that right there and covered it pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, basically. I was just going to say I do think Florida State is likely going to do their homework on landing a a second quarterback in that 2023 class. We'll see if it comes to fruition. Mm -hmm. Going on to some ACC media day. Gentlemen, we're getting close. We're at the the ACC kickoff uh, this week. We've got a lot of stuff a little bit here to talk about. You've got Jermaine Johnson, uh, Mackenzie Milton, and Jordan Travis both attending – Nate, I was going to ask you because we really didn't get the time to comment on it. You know, you got two quarterbacks coming. Was what you know? Is it just are you just bringing Jordan Travis along for the ride, or is this you know a true quarterback battle? Because from uh, Mike Norvell today, of course, he's not going to say much, but he says he, he respects both of them a lot. The main points about the, uh, them and telling that these two are extremely, extremely talented playmakers. Uh, incredible mm-hmm. young men, but mm-hmm. you know they bring two quarterbacks here. You know you're allowed to bring three this this season. You know what what is your thought process? Because as I just said, you know I, you're going to bring Mackenzie Milton either way, no matter what for the PR. ACC is going to want that there, and and all mm-hmm. that kind of jazz. What do you what do you think about that whole thing going on? Well, I I think it's a a great not tipping of the hand. 
Um, but it, it doesn't change my thought process is that I think Milton's your quarterback, but you know, Travis is going to have, you know, plays designed for him and he's going to be on the field in some form or way because you can't, he's too good with the ball in his hands, but you know, it doesn't change my mindset that Milton's going to be the guy. I know we've been debating that in, in our text thread a little bit, but, um, it also tells me is that, you know, the coaches think highly of, of both of them and think that they represent the university very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Uh, Mike Norvell uh, talked a little bit about Jermaine Johnson too. You know, he looked like a freak of nature compared with all these pictures going on uh, mm-hmm. during the day. <laughs> the size difference is not even fair. Mm-hmm. Uh Good thing those are just two quarterbacks and a coach. But, you know, the, there's a reason why Jermaine was brought here uh, to the to the ACC kickoff. Uh, he really talked about, you know, coming to Florida State and this being a refresh to him. That was something that he talked about with a lot of the interviews that he was in. So this is kind of a refresh on his college career. He's looking to get to the quarterback quickly. And also mm-hmm. Norvell commented on him and getting into that run game defense, too, and making plays there. He commented also a little bit about Keir Thomas and Fabian Lovett of guys that he expects to have big seasons too. But Jermaine mm-hmm. Johnson, the biggest thing I'm taking away from this is that this is kind of almost a year one for him kind of mindset he's going into it. And, you know, another comment I'll put out there is that he says that he, we kind of hear this a lot, let's be honest, but he did say that he thinks that Florida State fans will be a little shocked about how, how much better Florida State will be this upcoming season. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys that. What what you think of those thoughts? You know, yeah, I, I think for you know, Florida State fans are so kind of. I think tired of the preseason stuff. You know, you know, tired of being let down. But you know, I, at least it's kind of good to hear someone at least want to think that. You know, thinking it is part of it too. You know, you got to think you're great. You can't just, um, you know be a timid chicken shit so yeah i mean he is coming from a program that has won a lot of games recently in georgia so when you think about the big one though you know yeah but you know when you think about a guy who just got on campus and Mm -hmm. now he's going through everything with florida state practicing with all the guys and he's still making those kind of comments you know you're hoping it's not just hype and and that's for real yeah but i think it's the mentality that this team is needed though too, you know, from these transfers, you know, from a Milton, from a, you know, from Jermaine, from, you know, from Brandon Moore, you know, all these guys that have tasted a lot of success in college, you know, that's one of the big things with these transfers is that they, they've come from good programs that have done well. So, you know, they're, they're, they know what it takes to win. So hopefully that can carry over to the, to the, to the team because, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it when we do these positional previews. This is still a really young team. You know, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the youngest teams in college football still. So, you know, you need those upperclassmen to kind of take that that leadership and that ownership of, of you know, pushing these guys and having that positive mindset. I think is something that you know this staff this staff is really pushed, and it, it's good to kind of hear the players buy into that so 
Yeah, Mackenzie Milton. He says he says that he feels a hundred percent. Obviously, he wouldn't be playing in that yeah. spring game if he wasn't. But he says that he he feels hundred hundred percent, and he's good to go. And that's a good sign for FSU. Mm. You know, you're looking at Andrew Parchment that comes in. I'm really excited to see him this upcoming year. But you know, that's immediately who I think about when I think about Milton and using him as a passer and going down the field. Mm. We saw a little bit of it during the spring game. You know, it kind of kind of, I guess, shocked us, but it was just a whole 180 from what me and D. Lou saw on the stands, and then we see what happens in the spring game. We're like, oh, okay. You know, that's that's McKenzie mm-hmm. Milton. That's the McKenzie Milton we're used to seeing. That's what we saw at UCF, making those throws down the field, being able to move out of the pocket and get that ball right over the shoulder in a perfect spot where only the wide receiver can get in. That's immediately think about Andrew Parchment. But, you know, I think – that whole that that quarterback room is going to be a whole lot better. You've got you've got mm-hmm. Chuba Purdy back. Seems like he's going to be a full go. Uh, you also got Tate Rodemaker that's going to sit there and learn and learn and learn. But you know at your top two guys with Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton, uh, there, there's so much that these two can just keep finding or tuning each other. And whenever you definitely set up a game plan too, it it's doesn't get. It's not really fair in a little bit. You know, you could run a game plan behind Jordan Travis. You could run it ahead of uh, McKenzie Milton, depending on the benefits uh, of what you can have against your team and the defense that you're facing. So it could be could be scary in how the game plan can go for Coach Gillingham along with Mike Norvell. Yeah, and I don't know how good your bold prediction from last week is looking at this point, Logan, of – Jordan Travis having a better fall camp than McKenzie Milton. Cause like you just said, you know, he progressively seemed to get more comfortable. I'm happy than I missed that. No, you weren't Sorry. here. We were, we commented on it. We yeah, said, hey, you should have been here. I, I don't think it's crazy though. Y'all didn't say it was crazy. Don't Dustin, don't act like you didn't say, and eh, then it's not really a bold prediction. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention, but you know, <laughs> Just Milton, like you, Milton just progressively got more comfortable over the spring. We saw that come to fruition in the spring mm-hmm. game. And to hear him say that he's 100% healthy now, and you know, you've got to think they've been going through player led workouts for the last couple of weeks here as leading up to fall camp. I, I think his chemistry with the playmakers should be as good as it's been so far. And, you know, I think he's going to have an outstanding fall camp. Uh, I, I'm just going to go based off what I've heard from multiple players who the person is, and that's McKenzie. So. Kenyatta says that Nate has just given up hope. That's all you have to keep you alive. Giving up hope for what? <laughs> I guess the season ahead. Maybe after Jermaine's comments about shocking the fans, about how good Florida State's going to be. I don't think it's going to be of the nature of Steven here. Steven, we're going to get you <laughs> checked out immediately as soon as we can. No, Steven, though, I do Steven. like I like the optimism. Steven, I do like that's, the, that, that's going to be one of my concerns that we're talking about here in a little bit is how Florida State is going to extend the more center for all the trophies they get this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Does anybody want to comment on uh, Miami's top safety who got suspended by Alabama? He got kicked off the team, actually. Yeah, kicked off the team. I just saw that too. Yeah, so yeah, he was kicked yeah, off the team. The number, the number one safety in the country that they beat their chest about, you know, you know, the, the U is back. That sure is. That's yeah, what we're used yeah. to seeing there, down there in the three hundred five. Goes and beats up a, a a pregnant woman, you know, represent the U. Yeah. Mm. Doing a good doc. Doing a good job down there, Manny. Doing a yep. fantastic job. 
down there. Any other comments, gentlemen, on the ACC Media Day? Anything strike you out from other teams? Maybe. Well, uh, they don't really uh, hear much on Dabo. I didn't like. Uh, I didn't uh, see I anything say, on Dabo. Unless I, really that's- think, I really hate Dabo. I think he's just a. You know, he's on my 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 short list of coaches who I can't stand. And I wish ill will on. Um, but I do agree with him that there's not 12 teams good enough for the for the college football playoffs. Um, but you know, if he's a man of his word, he should go ahead and quit because once players get paid, he's going to quit coaching football because then, that's not what it's about. Yeah, uh, I thought he was supposed guy, to announce his retirement. Yeah, the guy's just a scumbag. Um, you know, slime ball. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know of a coach who is as dirty as, as Dabo. So, you know, this dirty Dabo, this this church going, um, God God fearing, country, good old boy, is just a cheating scumbag. <laughs> That's my uh, thought on Dabo. Nate Christopher says, "Give me some Dabo shade, please." And I think you did. Any? Do you have any yeah. more uh, saved in there? What is one of the reasons you hate the most about him? Because he's fake. He, he this public persona of you know uh, of you know God and you know Jesus Christ and blah blah blah. And off the field, he's just a cheating scumbag racist. <laughs> 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 yeah, for, for 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 a guy to allow his coaching staff to purposely drop the n-word and not do anything about it you know yeah i thought that I was pretty I, interesting I, I can't support that and, and, and it continues to really blow my mind that these recruits continue to buy into it can't knock what he's done as a coach but as a person, man, he's up there with Urban Meyer as just the elite scumbags of college football. <laughs> I love it. Nate's back. It's all. It's good to have Nate back after a sixteen-hour workday. Yeah, we're yeah. getting close. The head yeah. shaved. Got the Wu Tang shirt on too. I yeah. mean, we're we're really priming up again into August. This is exactly I, how it's supposed to feel. I think, I, I, I think moving forward, I'm going to wear some war paint every podcast. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh man, this is a good question here. We didn't have it on the docket, but gentlemen, as we know, it's breaking, developing story here with the Big Twelve. You know, it doesn't doesn't really matter here with the ACC, but you know, looking at Oklahoma and Texas with their consider considering they're really wanting to get into the SEC, doesn't make a whole lot of sense with me definitely when you get into the money part of things but you know what is y'all's thoughts on this with oklahoma and texas texas i mean that's a whole different whole nother conversation at at i don't know that's just a whole different thing but oklahoma and you know the longhorns trying to get in there with the sec the 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 big dogs it just it's just different over there Uh, i think that would just pretty much destroy the big 12 i mean who who do you get to, to Take their spot, you know, SMU, Memphis. Like, like that's not, you know, being a jerk. That's like, I think that destroys that conference. Yeah, because at that point, who? what's their best brand? Yeah, like Oklahoma State. Like, yeah. It's, and, and, like Kansas for basketball, obviously, same yeah. with Baylor. But, yeah. but football-wise, it, it'd be a broken conference. I don't think they'd be able to sustain as a football conference, no, especially I, without the Texas and Oklahoma money. 
I think it, it would fall apart like the Big East did with, ba- with basketball and football. You know, when, when you know when, when those teams separated from there. But man, I mean, I, I, I get it. You know, I, I think that, in my opinion, I think it, it would start like a, a massive realignment. I would hope that, that Florida State would really push to get an AC, ACC. You know, I, I, I'm not. I don't, I couldn't care less where they really go as long as it's out of the ACC. I'd like to see mm-hmm. see them in, in the SEC. You know, uh, you know, where you go, Big Ten. That doesn't make for make sense for Florida State to go to the Big Ten. You, do they go to the Big Twelve to take a, to take a, one of those spots in Texas, Oklahoma? I think it's interesting to see what happens. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, is Texas looking at Texas A and M and seeing, you know, the the national recognition and the money they've gotten? What What was it? I think did we talk about it on the podcast after the season? Uh, what was it like three hundred million dollars per team? What, what, what was yeah, the yeah. The pay cut, Something's yeah, just, the, the pay that they got out of it was absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was like twenty three something each or something. It, it was something really stupid compared to the to the ACC and what they got. You know, it was just like two yeah, to three times the amount. Yeah, it was like the payment paid all of Gus Malzon's buyout. Yes. Struck a check. Here you go. Boom, done. What else do we need? Oh, we need a new practice field. All right, we got that, you know. Go right ahead, and, yeah. And, 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 and that's what's going to be the difference moving forward. You know, you can sit here and talk about the, you know, this whole – NIL thing and you know what it means and what it does, but you look at it at Bryce Young who's made apparently you know you know six seven figures already, and that's going to be the major difference. Is these schools are going to figure out how to you know sidestep side that whole if you make more than what your what it costs to go to school, you have to pay for it. All, all, all these schools are going to find ways to circumvent the system, and, and you're already seeing it. There's no damn way a guy who's never taken a meaningful college snap is going to make seven figures already. Come on, give me a break. Go, go back to the conversation of like sorry, Big, big 12 breaking apart. Yeah, I think uh-huh. if, FSU, if FSU, I think we all assume, stays ACC, you think adding West Virginia, then hopefully Cornhole and Notre Dame to stay in? They should have done it with this COVID year. They should have said, hey, you're either in the ACC or you don't play football this year. Yeah. They should have done yeah. that. But Yep. Yeah. I think West Virginia makes the most sense logistically. Like, I kind of agree with Austin. I think that kind of forces Notre Dame's hand a little bit, you know, to kind of join the conference because, you know, that that turns the SEC into a super conference with, you know, with, with Oklahoma and Texas and Alabama and LSU. You know, it's just a name recognition uh, in, in, in Georgia. I, I I I think it's very interesting, and I, I think it's time that you know there's a massive overhaul. You know, does Florida State go independent? You know, what happens there? You know, there's there's a group of school schools you know leave conference ties, and you know, I'm eager to see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an interesting conversation, and we'll see. It seems like it's developing very fast. Ah, some big names from each university. I forget if they were presidents or whatever you know both teams had their representatives in a meeting and they were a no-show both oklahoma's uh, and texas I, I i wonder what they want i wonder if, it, if it's a ploy to get some concessions 
you know, are, is there something that they really want and, you know, that they kind of maybe want to stay in the conference, but there's something that they want? Is it more money? Is it, is it a bigger cut? No, I, I, maybe it's competition. Yeah. Yep. Like, because that conference has been pretty bad outside of those two schools in football. Like, yeah. obviously, you've had the random Texas Tech year. Baylor was good with Bryles for a while. Yeah, but other than that, yeah. TCU's had some years, but yeah. there's there's been no mainstays. Yeah, I mean, Missouri was good for a couple of years under Peacold, and they left for the SEC, you know. But but I agree that conference has been two teams, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it, it's interesting. Shout out to Eric, our guy always coming on here supporting us with the 25 bomb. Chick-fil-A on me, NG crew. Great show as always. Let's go, Knowles. Definitely appreciate Eric coming through, man. Definitely appreciate it always. For Feed me. A, yeah. a, a couple of media notes that I'm surprised y'all didn't get to. Norvell was on uh, Brian McFadden's podcast. That's all that. I, mm. I don't know if y'all saw this. Yeah. And, and I love the quote of, we're going to get this program back to where it deserves to be. And when we get there, we're going to stay there. And you can see he meant it. Like just mm-hmm. the way he was saying it, and you could tell McFadden believed he was saying it. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the entire podcast yet, just because today's my only day off. But mm-hmm. I, I like that Norvell is doing these things, going to, you know, this is a for, this is a Bobby player, you know. Yeah. M- make these guys your friends, because yeah. obviously McFadden's got a big platform, and he does that podcast with Patrick Peterson. You know, mm-hmm. it, it can only help your situation. And, and speaking of that situation, I don't know. Do any of you guys have a subscription to the Athletic? I do nah. not. So they published an article last Friday about how can the big three, Florida, Florida State, and Miami, turn the recruiting tides in Florida? Because since 2016, no schools have turned out more five stars from Florida than Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. And it talks about how these coaches are attacking it differently. And, a lot, and they're talking to high school coaches from Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Naples, Gainesville, Jacksonville, Tallahassee, pretty much all over Florida. And the thing that stuck out most was a lot of these guys are saying, this is the most organized staff that I've ever been around, I've ever communicated with. Mm-hmm. Consistently dropping Alex Atkins, Chris Marv, just time after time. Obviously, not every coach is going to love every school. There's some areas that Florida State doesn't recruit as hardly as others. But it was interesting to see that this is a very organized staff. This is a very A-plus staff, A-plus people. And they're going after our guys hard. So the one thing that did stick out was they're a little hesitant to pull the trigger on offers, which, which, I, which I read as they're trying to get this culture right. They're trying to find the right guys. Well, if you look at it, that's kind of wrong because Florida State has extended, I think it's like top five among all schools in the 2022 class and offers. They've, they've offered a ton of guys. But, but, but some of the things that these people were saying make sense because a lot of these kids – that are committed to Florida State right now are what Georgia, Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all Florida kids. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a little bit of both. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the exact math, but we don't have a ton of Florida kids committed right now. So I, I talked to a coach in, in Southwest Florida who um, is is been around for a long time, and by that I mean twenty years, which is a long time. You know, in, in every level of the high school coaching rate, so from the assistant to, to being the head coach and, and well, kind of what to follow up on, on what Austin was saying that, you know, he made a comment that, you know, if Florida State starts to win, you know, college football needs to watch out because they're going to get it very quickly. And, you know, these coaches see 
just the, the, the detail and, and the desire to, to get it back. So, you know, th- th- there's even these coaches are seeing that Ford State can show it on the field. They're getting the buy-in from these recruits. So if they get the, get the results, it, it's going to turn very quickly. And you're going to start seeing those kids that are going to Bama, Clemson, Georgia, are going to start staying home. And, and, and really, honestly, as much as I hate to say it, that's for any of the big three in Florida. If they get back to that, that truly elite status, it's going to be hard for, the, for schools to get them out, out of Florida. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, you know, everyone in the building is doing their job from the position coaches. And, you know, Austin, you mentioned mm-hmm. – Alex Atkins and Chris Marv, but Marcus Woodson as well has done an outstanding job on the recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. And even for the guys off field, I mean, you've got Randy Shannon, Ryan Bartow, Kenyatta Watson, a ton of different guys on this staff that can recruit in a ton of different areas. And, you know, these connections, they're really starting to pay off for Florida State at the right time. And as mm-hmm. long as they carry that momentum onto the football field, you know, I truly believe on the recruiting front, the sky is the limit right now for Florida State. Yeah, and speaking of best recruiters, like part of the article was asking who's the best recruiter from each school you've seen recently. A lot of people said Randy Shannon from when he was at Miami and just the job he did recruiting those areas players. And, and they were mm-hmm. so struck by just how great a job he did recruiting. Obviously, Alex Atkins was mentioned a lot for Florida State. Um, Woodson got a couple mentions. T-Rob got a lot of love for Miami. And I mean a lot of love for Miami. Um, someone even said McElwain over – Mullen, which was pretty funny, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was a really interesting McElwain was a better recruiter, but Mullen, I, I would agree that McElwain's a better recruiter than, than Mullen, but Mullen is a really Mullen, Mullen's an elite SNL's coach as, mm-hmm. as much as is it is you can bash it because it's Florida, but he Mullen is a really good, damn good coach. It was a really interesting article. For anyone that has the athletic, I, I really recommend it. It took 10, 15 minutes to go through it all, but it was really interesting. Absolutely. Good. Glad you brought it up, Austin. I was going to mention real quick, Nate, you really didn't get to have the chance to comment on Kenyatta Watson, but this goes back into mm-hmm. recruiting too. But what is your thought on that with you know bringing him in and helping out that Georgia region too? But you know he's kind of everywhere, but primarily that – that Georgia region, Atlanta too, big time. There's a lot of talent up there, and Florida State's heavily trying to get those guys down into Tallahassee. Um, it, 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 I think it's a grand slam. I know there are some co- some people that were upset about, you know, Bartow being hired over him, but you know now you got them both. You have a, you have a guy that's tied to that Atlanta area, which is just like you said, Logan is just growing massively in terms of skilled and talented football players. You have Barto who just can dominate Florida in, in South Georgia. So, you know, you, you have what should be the, the main targets of, of Florida State in that, that Georgia-Florida area. You know, that, that should be their, their main recruiting grounds. And, and now you have two guys who know everyone. They have great relationships with a lot of, a lot of people. They're, they're respected in those areas. And, and, you know, by them being at Florida State, there's a, a, a trust that, you know, recruits can, can trust, you know, that, hey, you know, th- this guy can get my back. So I, I feel comfortable considering Florida State and probably going there. So I, I, great, great damn hire. You know, 
everything off the field is been really good for 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 Norvell. And I, I I agree with you. Sorry, whether you agree with that or not, I think since he's got at Florida State, I think his coaching hires have been good. You know, you can debate. Um, you know, Coach Fuller and I. You know, I agree that the the uh, tenure is. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's still debatable on, on if he's the, the answer at defensive coordinator, but everything else, you know, he's done right. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing it on the recruiting front. And it just got to do it on, on the field. That's that's the last check. That's the last, last box to check. And if that happens, man, you got the recruiters on staff. You got guys who can evaluate really well. So I'm excited about the future, man. I really am. Some uh, tough news to go into here. Uh, really, really, really disappointing news. Earlier this week on Tuesday, we received news that Former mole running back Cam Akers suffered a torn Achilles injury. He will be missing the 2021 season for the L.A. Rams. Absolutely devastating. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the Rams were highlighting him on about every other day on social media. A lot of PR with him. He was going to be one of the highlighted guys of this team. Played very well as a, as a true rookie last season. You know, Florida State keeps on distributing these these talented running backs out there and showing out, but Cam Akers, man, I hate seeing that because I was looking forward to him really leading this team on offense this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you can say what you want about Stafford and whatnot, but I still think Stafford's got some gas in him at least for another a couple seasons. And I thought it was going to be a perfect fit for Akers to being able to be under a veteran like that talented quarterback Mm-hmm. I just hate, I hate, we hate hearing that news. And, you know, he's going to come back stronger than ever. He takes good care of his body, but just terrible, terrible news. And the Rams are in trouble now. They got to find a, They got to find, you know, a couple answers there, running back at least to build some depth too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, um, just, ahead, do you, I don't know if you guys remember this, but did Dalvin tear his ACL his second year too? No, his, his ACL was his, like third game. Yeah, that was his rookie game. year. Rookie I think it was his fourth. Yeah, it was his fourth game of his rookie year. Because I was here. When we, I'm a Vikings fan. If you don't know, uh, we went to the NFC title game because of the Minneapolis Miracles that year. Which, if you imagine that team with Dalvin, had he been healthy, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking they might kind of be along the same path. I was kind of making a comparison, but. You know, it really sucks for Cam because, you know, as you saw during his rookie season, he really started to come along late, and I thought he was playing his best football at the end of the season, and it really seemed like that was going to carry into his second year. So, you know, this is a really unfortunate setback, but, you know, hopefully he can just come back even stronger. And Achilles injuries are tough, especially for a running back. That's, I hate that's, it. That's, that they re- they rely on their feet so much. I mean, obviously every football player does, but especially running backs. I mean, we saw what it did to Durant. You know, he had to miss an entire season, and then it kind of took him a little bit to get back to his form this year, just playing basketball. So how it's going to be for a football player, full year of rehab, then trying to get back to taking those blows as a running back that takes more blows than any other position, you know, on the field. It, it's tough. It's really, really tough, but he'll bounce it's definitely a terrible timeline to have that injury, you know, in late July. Mm-hmm. And now you've got that long recovery for the Achilles. So like you said, you know, pretty much takes him out for 
well, all of this year, obviously, and then, you know, hopefully not all of next season as well or the following yeah. season as well. Uh, I, I agree with Logan that I think that Stafford still has a lot left. And I, I think that, you know, that I think him under McVay would have been, he's going to be fun to watch, but I think, you know, with Cam, that I think that really would have allowed them to really challenge in the NFC. And I think that that blows, you know, hard enough to, to question if they can make the playoffs now because they didn't have much behind him. So where do they go now? But, you know, personally for Cam, you know, I agree with everyone else. I mean, I, I hate seeing that because, you know, he was primed for a big year. He's getting a lot, a lot of recognition from, you know, NFL Network and, you know, all these fantasy football prognosticators hmm. looking at him as a breakout guy and, you know, him getting comparisons to, to Dickerson with the Rams and what they're doing on social media. You know, he's getting a lot of attention as a breakout guy for this upcoming season. And, and, and I think that would have happened for him. But, you know, like you said, Logan, you know, he, does, you know, he, he takes care of his body. And, and he is, you know, going to make it back at, at some point. But, you know, it, it, it's a different injury for, for a football player versus uh, a basketball player. So it's going to take us some time, but I, I'm really hoping he gets back. Yeah, I know. I, I wish him all the best. And you hope that he has a, a great recovery so he can come back and be, you know, that quarterback, that that quarterback, that or not quarterback, running back, I should say. Almost played a little bit of it at FSU at some points back there at Wildcat, but you know, I, I just still think with Stafford back there would have been a perfect fit for him to learn behind a mm-hmm. quarterback like that. You know, being the running back right next to him, I mean, he was going to be a big time product for the Rams this upcoming year. So, and I love and, Coach and, Mc, I love Coach McVay too. And, and this may sound like wrong, but I hate the fact that it happened now and not not before he could get a chance at, at, at a second contract, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know how he's going to come back because it, it's a harder injury in football than it is any other sport. So, you know, hopefully he can, he can come back and continue to prosper. There was a report I wanted to share here uh, that I found this week that I thought was uh, a little interesting. So supposedly, this is from the Boston Globe. Let's just put that out there first before we deep dive into it. But a report here saying that Sean Payton already favors Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston. According to Ben Vollen of the Boston Globe, he's saying that the quarterback competition is not truly open for Payton, and the Saints veteran coach plans to start Hill and only make a chance with Winston if his experiment fails. Well, it's going to fail. (laughs) <laughs> that's your easy answer so I mean, uh, it's so what, I've got the, a lot of things fascination with t- I want to know too I want to know what Peyton's fascination is I've tweet I'm blocked by Sean Payton I thought we would so, be able to fix that so know, I can't tweet him and ask him but everyone made a big to do about Dak Prescott his, his, his rookie year um, NFL figured him out you know the NFL figured out Lamar Jackson a little bit you know, so, you know, they're, they're going to figure out the, the tendencies and the weaknesses. Uh, you know, Taysom Hill in college wasn't a great passer, you know, at BYU. You know, he was injured all the time. Always a great runner, good, great athlete. 
I don't understand it. And I, that, I'm not saying that as a, as a Jameis fan. Um, I, don't, I don't understand the fascination with him. And, and, and seeing the work that Jameis has put in, um, you know, he's preparing as a starter. And I do question why even resign with them if, if that's the case. And we yeah. talked a little bit about that before we hopped on here. Is, is you know, that's some bad advice on his part. But, you know, it looks like Jameis is prepared to be the guy. But I don't get the taste of the hill fascination. I, I'm sorry. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a gimmick, and it's not going to end up working. I think by, you know, if they do end up rolling with Taysom Hill, I think, you know, by the early part of the season, mm-hmm. game four, game five, you're probably like, what what the heck is going on here with the Saints? So, you know, I I hope that report is false, Logan. I hope this is an open com- uh, competition between Jameis and Taysom Hill because we've seen all the work that Jameis is putting in. We got to be around him a little bit earlier this off season and, and get to watch him work. And, you know, he, it seems like he's truly embraced this opportunity for a, a second chance and he's trying to set himself up as well as he can. So it, it only makes sense. He should get a fair shake. But I hope that if he goes to some Hill, they go own 17 and he gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What an idiot. Let's just be honest. That would be an idiotic move to do that. Jameis Winston, Definitely deserves. I thought, you know, he didn't get to play much last year, but, you know, he got to learn behind. Drew Brees, one of the best to do it at that position that we've seen in our generation. And it would be I mean, absolutely idiotic to see Taysom Hill trot, uh, trot out there. I forget what they're – I'm going to start going through their – they have a big game to start off the season. But it would be absolutely idiotic to have Taysom Hill be out there and be your starter. I don't understand what the fascination is. I mean, didn't, didn't it's the Drew Packers. Brees, yeah. Didn't Drew Brees mouth the – Jameis, this is your team now, or something. I think that's the rumor, camera. at least. Yeah, that's what you they know, so. think he said, but who knows, really? Man, fire shot, this is Taysom Hill's team. That's what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't resign. This ain't your team now. <laughs> yeah, run while you can. Get out of there. Nick saying here on uh, Facebook saying Hill can't close games. Jameis Winston has the experience and finally a team to grow and improve with. Jameis will get to start before season's end. Well, I think he should get to start right off the bat. That's just me. I mean, it might take a couple of games, but I think Jameis Winston's, if it's not truly a competition, Jameis Winston will probably light it up in in the uh, camp training camp and still Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill will be trotted out there. And I hope they get absolutely, demolished by hopefully I'm fingers crossed Aaron Rodgers will be at that game and I hope he just absolutely destroys him. Will will Aaron Rodgers be there? We'll see. Nope. So let me ask you this, Logan. Um, You know, you you mentioned a lot about the work that, you know, Jameis Winston has, has put in, in the off season. Um, How do you feel about being a Pittsburgh fan, seeing the shape that big Ben is in looking like he, he just got off of, uh, be smart. Be, sm- be smart about this. Remember, you were going to be nice all night long. We were all going to be no, nice no, to each I, other. You know, I, I'm asking, you know, as a fan of, of the Steelers, you know, are you concerned with your starting quarterback looking like a guy who looks like he just came from the, the, local, the local bar trying to get out on the field to show him what he's got left? 
Well, I think he showed up to training camp in perfect shape. I think he likes a couple beers here and there. Who doesn't? A, a, a true football player. I want my football player. I want my quarterback to drink beer first of all. That's a mandatory thing for me. Mm-hmm. But secondly, my quarterback threw 30, uh, 3,800 yards last year, coming back from an elbow injury and threw 33 mm-hmm. touchdowns for me. Yeah, yeah. He I, did feel, I feel, I feel kind of fine. He did, and I wonder if his yeah, poor but, shape um, – help them go what lose five out of the last six and choke in the playoffs. Was that what mm-hmm. happened? Well, now there's a lot of things that went down with that as a lot of oh. people got hurt, but if we're kind of transitioning this to, if I want, <laughs> you know, this is, this would be a very, this would be like a magical kind of transition for me. Kind of like how Austin went through being able to grab, uh, you know, one of those guys called Dalvin cook with his Vikings. Mm-hmm everybody has always kind of pictured a little bit of Jameis Winston fitting very well and and Pittsburgh along with Mike Tomlin over there. Yeah. I think it'd be phenomenal fit. I would say, you know, Haskins isn't going to do anything. Mason Rudolph isn't going to do anything. Mm -mm. Big Ben is either on his, this has got to be potentially just really depends on how the season goes. Cause big Ben, like he's he's a, he's he's a sensitive guy. 38, 39. Man already. Yep. Ah. But yes. All I'll say is yes. So it's <laughs> it's bittersweet. If Sean Payne wants to do that, go right ahead, kind of. Mm-hmm. I'll still really be ticked off and I'll probably get suspended on Twitter like I did last year and I'll get blocked. But you know, it would be I would be, you know, I would actually travel to Pittsburgh on the day that Jameis Winston arrives there and welcome yeah. him with pom poms. I, I I would and maybe this ain't the right answer. And I don't think Jameis would do it because he's all about the team. But, man, if I were him and they chose Taysom, I'd be like, man, y'all keep your money. I'm Get out, out now. Bye. You know? Yeah, Who you wants gotta, me? You got to figure that out. Well, he's turned down reportedly, you know, whenever he was – there was a lot of teams Living talking money. with him. He, yeah, he, he he turned down a few teams that even reported more – that were, were offering more money, and I – Steelers, I think, were most certainly in that mix. I don't know if it was more money. I don't think it was, definitely wasn't. I don't think more money, but mm-hmm. you know that opens up the option for if he wants to go pick some of these other teams. So I'm I also interested. Yeah, I just can't wait to watch Taysom Hill lead a two minute offense down seven <laughs> and make it six yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he'll take he'll take a you know a twenty yard sack trying to be Houdini in the backfield mm-hmm. real quick. I want to mention before we go on into our top concerns heading into fall camp, Vince Williams, this was, this was really a crappy week for it just added on for me, but you know, Vince Williams had announced his retirement from the Pittsburgh Steelers NFL overall, but you know, he spent his whole entire time and career with Pittsburgh phenomenal you know, it was at some point one of the best linebackers in the league, you know, represented Florida State very well, represented the whole city of Pittsburgh phenomenally, it was entertaining. I can't I will never forget, you know, whenever the Steelers were up, I think it was Thursday night football and they were up, you know, 20 points and in the fourth quarter and DeAndre Hopkins scored the touchdown and was laying down <laughs> and Vince Williams jumps in and he gets right next to him in front of the camera. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins pushing him, getting him off. Uh, but no, we've had Vince on here. Uh, we're always thankful for him coming on here and hanging out with us. But what a phenomenal career for him. A little shocking to me. I thought he'd go this season and maybe figure out 
what what the next step was for him. And a lot of Steelers fans were shocked that this happened before uh, training camp. So, you know, congratulations to, to Williams. I know he's going to spend a lot of time with family and I'll I'll definitely miss him. He he was one of my favorites. I still am going to get a Jersey uh, for this upcoming season, but you know, he, he just represented everywhere well and, and was a phenom- was a great player, you know, coming that late in rounds and his NFL draft and, and playing the way that he did, Pittsburgh and Coach Tomlin, there's so much love for him in that city. Uh, he, he definitely outplayed his projection for sure. Um, you know, he, you know he's, he's a prototypical two-down linebacker, you know, really good at stuff in the run and you know, he had a really good season last year. Um, you know, congrats, congrats for having a great, a great career. You know, getting out when you're still healthy, getting out with 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 money in the bank. So, you know, he can move on to other endeavors. Yes, six round picks generally don't last eight nope. years in the NFL. So most people uh, generally don't last eight years. I would say as a linebacker yeah. too. So a, a fantastic career from him, at, at all things considered, for a sixth rounder. And, and, and healthy too, no like major injuries. If you think about mm. it, I can't think of anything like, you know, mm. you know, like knee, you know, nothing that is, you know, could long term, you know. So, yeah. yeah, and like Logan said, represented not only Florida State but um, the Pittsburgh Steelers very well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, mm-hmm. just a class act, both on the field and off the field. Great guy, and you know, looking forward to seeing what's next for him. Yeah, no, and one of the some of the nastiest hits too made some big time plays. I remember it was late in the second half against uh, the Patriots and got the pick off of Tom Brady. One of the few that Tom Brady threw with the Patriots picked him off. You know, he 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 was very much loved in that in that city, and you know, I still plan on wearing number ninety eight this upcoming season. And you know, I definitely. It was phenomenal being able to have him come on here and allowing us to interview him and talk a lot about his time with Mickey Andrews and with Los and how it was then and building that team at FSU and then being a late round guy and performing the way that he did. And he seems like he's so genuine and humble about it and very, he's like Los said, he's, he's quiet, but you know, just is represented everything that he's done very well. He's been a part uh, of so. and Mike Tomlin's def- definitely going to miss him. Yeah, a lot of those linebackers, not to get out too far off base, you know, we have more to talk about, but a lot of those linebackers from that era at FSU have done well in the NFL. You know, Moody yeah. was was doing good in the NFL. You know, Terrence Smith is still hanging in there. You know, yep. so Christian Jones is doing well with yep. the uh with the Chicago Bears, like very well. He's yep. playing a lot. Back in Chicago, so Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So actually now, uh, well, I keep on thinking, I guess. Yeah, he was with uh, Chicago. Detroit. Now, I guess Detroit. Yep. Detroit yep. now. First career, little bit of uh, insight. Career 479 tackles, 50 tackles for loss, 20 and a half sacks, $10 million in salary and $9 million in bonuses. It's not bad. Nice. Not bad at all. Take Absolutely. Help take care of the fam. In and out. Eight years. Slide yeah. me some. Uh, you ain't getting nothing. <laughs> hey, I'm right, sure he remembers me from when he came on here. Uh, I'm sure remembers me. I'm sure yeah, he does. You know, I still got to get that jersey signed. Now. Dustin, I got to talk about the. You know, one, one thing you are, you know, 
you know, a, a very memorable guy. You know, I will say that, you know, just to <laughs> say, you know, keep that going, man. Well, thank you. That's uh, a nice compliment from you, Nate. Yeah, man. Yeah. You got you guys also. I just want to compliment it that y'all been killing it tonight. You know, we're, we're really just building up our, our, our friendships on here. So let's keep it up, gentlemen, to finish off this podcast. Yeah, Great man. Job. You know, Great job. y'all yeah, are doing it, awesome. It, yeah, just the camaraderie that, you know, we just continue to build. You know, it's like a brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, we are. We all love each other. On to the last thing here before we drop into a little bit of basketball, and then we got a note on the show, some show changes coming up. Let's talk about some concerns. Let's talk about a little bit of negatives before we start previewing these position groups starting next week with the offense. Our top concerns from all of us here, they can be there can be multiple, there can be one main one. I don't care what you say, but give us y'all's top concerns heading to fall camp. I think there's a ton. I've got a few on the top of my head. I think there's a good amount, to be honest. Uh, and you know, I, I, I can start off because I've had this one on my mind for a couple of weeks now. And I've talked about it on the Mark Rogers show, show a few times, but my number one concern is going to be kind of easy here. And that's who's going to be my two starting corners. Who's it going to be? Am I going to see Jerry and Jones go back out there? You lose Asante Samuel jr. He's at the Chargers. He's going to absolutely kill it in the NFL over there. But going back here with the talent that you have, who are going to be your two starting corners? I think Jerry and Jones deal, was dealing with injuries throughout the whole season, mainly a hand one, gave him some problems. Will we see him jot out there? I want to see Miko Dotson. I thought that you know he wasn't fully healthy either. He was put out there and made some plays on some balls, but I just didn't get to see enough. I have some high, I have a lot of respect for him, and I think that he's a playmaker. Do I go over here and I grab a Brownlee guy that's got the energy? He was starting in a couple of spring scrimmages that me and Dustin uh, were at. You know who who's going to be? Could it be a, a shocking guy? Could it be like Austin said, a bold prediction where he thinks Kevin Knowles is going to be a shocker and maybe jump into some of the rotation during fall camp? There's a lot of lot of guys, and you know, there's some that I might not even be naming right now. But you know, I think that is one of my biggest concerns heading into fall camp. I'm going to take that a couple steps further and just say the whole defense in general. I mean, last year they had so much talent and just completely <laughs> underwhelmed. Part, a lot of people are going to say fuller schemes, but people are going to say the position coordinators weren't doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, we consistently saw the defensive line play without leverage, the linebackers out of position, defensive backs getting beat, you know, whether it's the wrong coverage, whether they're in the wrong spot, that's stuff they got to get figured out. That's another defense that has a ton of talent between mm-hmm. Travis Jake, Kira Thomas, you know, we already talked about Jermaine Johnson. I think the linebackers are going to take a step forward. But just the defense in general last year was so underwhelming. But we got to see them take that that step back to consistency if we want Florida State to get where we think they can get to. The good thing is we have seen you know the coaches take notice of that and they've completely revamped the defensive end room. They've added a lot of talent to the defensive backfield. Not really much at linebacker, but the guys there are young and expected to continue to grow. So, I mean, there is some reasons for optimism that this defense is going to bounce back. And I wouldn't say, you know, to the co- to the elite of college football, but, you know, hopefully this defense, I, I would say if they're an average to above average unit, I mean, that's, you know, basically all you can ask for at this point after what we saw mm-hmm. last year. Well, you know, just uh, kind of follow up on you guys' comments, you know, one more year until the best cornerback in, in the history of college you know, of high school football comes over. <laughs> and, and there's uh, Tallahassee and Travis Hunter. 
But, um, you know, I, I, I agree with Dustin. Um, you know, the and, and what Austin said, kind of a combination of everything. You look at the defense and, yeah, you can really question some of the some of the calls, but it all, some of that falls on the players, and 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 them just being dumb. Making, <laughs> and, and, and I'm not saying you know intellectually. I'm just saying making dumb plays, being out of position, taking false steps. Um, you know, not maybe necessarily being where they should be because they're not following the the, the play, and. and but at the end of the day, uh, a fourth base guy get a pass rush. That's what's going to help, you know, that, that, that secondary. Um, you know, Florida State is loaded in the secondary with talented players that everyone who's who in college football wanted. It's not, it's not a, a lack of talent. It's a lack of, of some coaching and, and understanding of, of maybe what the coach and the coaches want to do on that side of the ball. I don't know if they necessarily really – knew what they wanted to do on defense last year but you know th- these pl- these players need to take some ownership too in in their play and in their their lack of focus so but it, they gotta get a pass rush so you know like Justin said they they trust that um this offseason I, I mean realistically you, you could say there's a concern at every single position mm-hmm. like at quarterback you got Milton who yeah he's proven but he's been injured Travis wasn't really a big throwing guy there's concerns there running back he was Big productor in Webb. Yeah, you've got Toafili, Corbin, and Williams, but how does that all shake out? Mm-hmm. Tight end group's really young and inexperienced. Offensive line hasn't been anything in a decade, which, yeah, they have some talent, but we, until they show us something, no one's going to believe it. Why to see a room really young, no production? Y- you can go position by position and say it's your top concern, and no one would even bat an eye about it. You know, there, there's a lot of question marks, but still a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. What are y'all's thoughts on Akeem Den going back to the DB room? feel like he's going to be back 100%. Didn't seem like he was fully there maybe last season. You know, it was coming from a nasty ankle injury the year before. Yeah, no, not fully back. Not. But seem seems like there's some I mean, a lot of optimism that he, he's a full, full, full-on go healthy and, and ready yeah, to rock he, this season. Will he be a competitor in that in that cornerback room? Or is that a potential big-time recruit? Is that a, a bust? Is Den a no, bust or no? I would not say he's a bust because he had a really good freshman season. Um, you know, he was banged up last year off that ankle and he wasn't fully healthy. Um, if you look what he's done this offseason, he's now the, the biggest cornerback. He's now 203 pounds. So, you know, if if he can get it back, you know, you know that he's a wild card. Um, you know, if he can get back to that freshman form, that's going to be really good for the defense. Um, yeah, I mean – there's a lot of options back there, and that's that's there's a lot of versatility back there. So that's that's good for the defense, and you know they can put a lot of guys in different positions. So you know I'm, I'm eager to see how it all unfolds. But yeah, it, so so DB is your your main question. I would say for me, yeah, I'm looking at the at the DB room and where those guys going to be put in there because that's I that was little didn't seem like I don't think the spring helped at all. But it just seemed all over the place for Coach Woodson, and I understand mm-hmm. that there was injuries, uh, and that of course did not help one bit. But you know, you've got all that talent back there, and you got it. So mm-hmm. It's not going to be the easy job. I think it's the same way, kind of a little bit for Coach Atkins on figuring out who fits where the best and where they can stay mm-hmm. there the best for 
for throughout the season. You know, you could put someone in there for a little bit and they play well a few games, but man, can there be some consistency there? And that's something on the opposite side of Asante Samuel Jr. Florida State was not able to find. But mm-hmm. um, that, I would say mine is that definitely who you're, right now, here are two starting cornerbacks, at least if anybody else wants to give their main top concern. I mean, should we say three since we run a lot of nickel? Because I think Brownlee is going to be in the slot primarily. I, I just think he's a perfect slot guy. Then who the two boundary corners are, That's to me, that's a bigger discussion. Yeah, who do you have? Who, who are you setting as that third guy? You've got youngins, too, that are in also. Like, who, who are you going to keep like, like, there? Like, 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 and that's a big-time position nowadays. Like, like who, who do I want it to be, or who do I think it's going to be? How about both? Um, I would like to see... Um, I, I, I think Brownlee is that... that Sub package guy, um, who can also be like the the primary, you know, backup at one of the corner spots. I, I just like him and the way he can, you know, he he blitzes really well. Um, I, I like him in, in the in, in smaller spaces. Um, you know, he yeah, he was a freshman last year and he got beat on on a lot of the intermediate deep stuff. You know, but if you keep him in, you know that. 10 to 15, let him blitz. I think that utilizes his, his strength a little bit more. Um, I, I mean, I would like to see Dent bounce back. I think that would be really good for this defense. Um, I, I, I'm, I think Brandon Moore is going to have something to say. Um, yeah, you know, he, I completely. He played, yeah. He's playing at a, at a really high level before he got hurt. Um, you know, uh, eager to see how he, how he comes back. But I think it's going to be, I think you're going to see a lot of rotation. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it depends. Um, I feel like there was a good amount of that last year. I know the health wasn't. We already yeah, mentioned uh, that, but yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I think you gotta let you guys get a rhythm, but also, um, I, I don't think they did hit a lot in the spring and how they were going to use everyone. Also, I, I think they're you know they were very vanilla during the spring. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Now, I, I, I want to see Travis J take the next step. I think that, you know, him and, in, in, you know, I, I, I like I would like to see Renardo Green back at corner. You know, I, I really liked him at corner as a freshman. You know, I, I would like I, – I, uh, you got to get your best five on the field. Don't know how that unfolds yet. So I really can't answer on what I want or what I think it's going to be. I got to see some more. We'll hear some more from, you know, before the uh, – for camp starts, but you know, they, they've been also competitive in seven on sevens and you know, they've been going back and forth. So I was going to say Dustin to me, whenever we were watching Brandon Moore play, I thought that he was around the ball quite a bit on point mm-hmm. at a pick off of who was it? Was a Milton, I believe in the second scrimmage we were at, he was playing. I, it was, it's hard to kind of remember these now, but he played, <laughs> we know overall though, we were covering it. I think it was Rodemaker, maybe. Well, maybe. But, yeah. and, I remember I there think, being a red zone. I do think Jaron Jones is going to have a lot to say. He's healthy. Um, I think he had a really good spring, so I think he's going to have a lot to say. Uh, you know, he, he had a nagging injury last year, and that you know put him in a lot of bad bad spots. And, you know, he pushed through injuries to be there for the team. So he's healthy. We'll see. I'm 
we haven't even brought up guys like Demory Tate, who yep. you know is recovering from an injury, and also Kevin Knowles, who briefly got mentioned earlier, but very mm-hmm. impressive during the spring. We'll see if he can pop into that rotation. So I mean, really, there's a lot of options for Florida State at cornerback, and you know mm-hmm. the cream is going to rise to the top, as they say. Um, my my concern is yeah, give us your concern. What you got? You know, I I agree with Austin. You know, I think there there are questions. Um, you know, this is a young team. Um, still, um, my my biggest thing is, you know, does this team have it mentally? And that's the biggest thing. I I think that they've been just so soft, and they folded mm-hmm. under under pressure. You know, what, what, how, how what happens when adversity? You know, I, I want to see what happens if, if you know they they lose two games in a row. Do do they? They give up and and. You know, like we've seen the past couple of seasons, not put forth the best effort. You know, I'll say, I will or, say, or, I thought I did they, see a progression last back. season. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that there was a progression in some of the games last year. I mean, at some that, point, yeah. they're just getting their their asses whipped. Yeah, but you know, like like the I Miami thought, game, they gave up. If I'm looking at how it was under Taggart's direction towards yeah. what Norvell was, I thought there was definitely progression overall. Like that, I don't think there's even an argument there. I think it could mm-hmm. still get better, but you know. You're, you're sitting at a pretty awful schedule, or not awful. Well, it's going to be mm-hmm. a terrible schedule for them this year. But mm-hmm. going off of their record too, it's not going to be so motivating to play. But I thought there was at least, you know, finishing games for say they did a little bit better. But it does. It's still not at the Florida State caliber like you're saying. Nope. You've you've covered this team longer than we have, and you know they haven't played at the Florida State caliber that we know of and that you know of and. It's still going to take, yeah, I think, a season yeah, or two. That that mentality, they want to drag you through the dirt. And they've also, let's mention this too. They've Florida State and Norvell have eliminated some players that were some of the main causes, as the ones that mm-hmm. were feeding off of that kind of negative and yep. just give up kind of mentality, yeah, yeah. you know. And that's something I think that will be, you know, something optimistic thing about. But it's definitely a concern. I think it's a concern almost heading into any season since the last. Four years, five years. Yeah, I mean, you know that every big game they've laid a leg. They've, except for Carolina this past year, they, they've laid an egg in every big game. Um, you know, when when it's gotten tough, they they folded as a whole. Yeah, it's year two under Norvell, but really it's year one. Um, I, I I just want to see, you know, a, a, a tougher team mentally. It, 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 everyone's talking about the schedule. Yeah, it is tough on paper right now. But shit always happens. There's always injuries. Teams always un, under underwhelmed, or teams are overachieved. You know, you know, looking at like a Boston College who overachieved last year, does that carry over to the to the next year? You know, see, it's not the same team at like Jimbo preached for so long. Is each year is a different team, so. You know, I, I, I'm not sort of on the schedule being as tough as, as everyone else does right now, but, man, I don't know, man. This team is more talented than people think. Dealey, what would be your top concern heading into this season for this FSU? So you guys have kind of talked about the defense a little bit, so I'll, I'll uh, shift the offense. But I would just say, you know, the lack of a – of proven playmakers um, at, at wide receiver 
and tight end because obviously you've got parchment coming in you got high hopes for him but he hasn't been in this system so he's coming in from a new system and you're gonna need him to, to be productive instantly and then you look at what Florida State you know already has and guys like Ontario Wilson Keyshawn Helton you know they've been decent during their careers but they haven't really gotten to that level where they have putting it all together and you know they're consistently putting in performances week in and week out same thing with some of that younger talent you know Brian Robinson some guys like that and then you've got the the freshman coming in Malik McLean Joshua Burrell so there's potential in that room and you know we talked a little bit about it last week but there's not a ton of proven talent and you're really wanting to see those younger guys start to take steps week by week uh, during fall camp leading up to kickoff because you know they're going to be asked to a lot of guys who haven't gotten a lot of playing time are going to be asked to do a lot this upcoming season mm-hmm. I mean my whole thing is uh, that was that's number three on my list is playmaking um, you know this team has a lot of Burt Reeds but they don't have a Rashad Green and if par- if parchment can be even close to him in terms of production, you know, I, I think that changes the you know that offense takes another step. But you know, there there isn't a guy that is that home run hitting. You you know you can go to him consistent playmaker yet. So I would say that I'm a little bit higher on the tight end maybe than most, just because I, I think Dan McDonald he, he's a solid player and. Um, Jordan Wilson, I think he's going to come back from his injury and be productive for Florida State. Jackson West, I mean, there, there's some talent there mm-hmm. in that tight end room, and that's a that's a unit that Mike Norvell really likes to utilize in his offense. So I I think they're going to have some interesting recalls up their sleeve because there's there's a bunch of different guys in that room. They've all got different skill sets and ways they can contribute. You know, you think about uh, Rector. I'm trying to I'm trying to forget the the walk on's name. Preston Daniel. Mm-hmm. Before that escapes me. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different skill sets, and, you know, I'm really interested to see how they'll all be used. I think there's going to be a lot of shocks. I think yeah, there's going to be a lot I, of shocks I mean, and a lot of shock that young, young incoming guys that are going to be on that field, like I Malik mean, McLean, that is going to shock a lot of people. Maybe even Burrell if he gets in there, but Malik McLean is going to be kind of a surprise there. And we haven't been able to see Jordan Wilson yet, but, you know, that, uh, that, that let's just say that dude looks like a. Freakish, yes. Athlete like that is that size is not even funny. That both him and Jermaine Johnson look like the those are the next twin towers. But you look at a guy like Jackson West, Dustin, and Kobe Gross, guys who forgot about Kobe. Um, like there's uh, a bunch uh, of guys uh, there, or, or big guys that are running with the receivers. So they're athletes, and they're and they're faster than 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 a lot of the receivers. So, you know, they're big-bodied athletes that, you know, Coach Novell has always done really well with tight end. So, you know, let's give it some time. Let's see. Let's see what happens. That's what, so yeah, when you think about you know, the issues with the tight end group, the tight end room and the running backs, like, I'm just like, all right, I'll let Mike Norvell shake that out because he's yep. done it plenty of times before with less talent. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Nate, you said you had some concerns about the more and she wanted to. Yeah, man. You Express. know, you know, like one of the guys that commented earlier. You know, I'm really concerned about, you know, where Florida State's going to fit all these trophies they're going to collect at the end of the season. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you got you, you got the college football playoff championship. You got the ACC. 
Um, probably throwing a Heisman, a Thorpe, um, maybe a Doak Walker in there. Um, maybe a Benaric, you know, where are they going to put all this for one season? You know, mm-hmm. you know, you got coach of the year for Norvell. Uh, it, it, it's just going to be, a, you know, it's going to be like a 2022 wing. Yeah, they're going to have to make the whole wing for it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just that, that's one of my concerns too. That, that can be the game plan and start go ahead and start yeah. blowing out a lot of that. Get ready for the new facility too. That I mean, will be you'll yeah. have the money for it then. I mean, you got Baby and Johnson in the outland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the statues that would be yeah. be built too, right? Uh, for sure, you know, you know yeah, uh, McKenzie Mountain statue, <laughs> you know. Oh man, it's gonna be phenomenal man, you know, to see. You know, ba- you know, bouncing back and being DeAndre Francois statue. Yeah, Francois is getting his Nate. <laughs> man, no, no, stop, Dustin. Look what you did, Dom. Anyways, <laughs> my, hey, uh, my, 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 we were doing my, so good. My cell phone battery is running low, which means that my my um you can't my my niceness is gonna run low. So well, I'll I'll not it down. comment okay. on uh, on DeAndre Francois and his ineptitude. I was gonna ask real quick too before we move on. That was pretty interesting. None of us mentioned Florida State's offensive line. When is the last time that's happened in the last ten years? I wouldn't say ten years, but that talked about it real and quick, that- but. Is Florida, Florida State's offensive line a concern heading into fall camp, gentlemen? Until they show I, something, I, yes. I think they're so they're 18th in the country last year in in the running in, in terms of a, a running offense, and that was like a what a 80 position jump, and I think that's going to get better. Um, I, I think better quarterback play helps that 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 passing, the pass protection. Um, so, you know, I think they got to get, they definitely gotta get better in terms of giving the quarterback more time to throw. Um, but I think with, with a better quarterback behind center, um, I, I think that's going to cut down on the sacks, um, which will in turn, you know, I mean, it's going to help, it's going to help the offense. Um, I, I, I think you're going to see some really solid progression with Robert Scott. That one of the tackle spots, you get Love Taylor back. Um, uh, you, you really got to really like what Gibbons can, can do for the offense. Um, you know, what happens at the other tackle spot is, is up for grabs. Um, you know, does Marie Smith lock down center again? Um, and, and you look at a guy like Zane Herring, who before he got hurt, what, what was getting a lot of minutes a, a, as a starter. So, you know, I really look at that, that positional group and think that um, the tough times are, are in the rear rear mirror with, with the coach they have. Who, you know, these players have done a, a really good job of, of just taking the coaching from him. He's connected well. He's developing them, and you know his his way of coaching is connected. And I think that you're going to continue to see improvements. You know, to be the number eighteen. You know, imagine Cam Makers and you know Dalvin Cook behind the 18th best running offense. You know, uh, that would have been ridiculous. Yeah. And we did see a ton of improvement as the season went mm-hmm. along. We talked about it a lot throughout the podcast last year, just how much how much progress they were making, you know, in, in pass protection, not only run blocking but pass protection as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that and that was without an off season with Atkins. Now they have a full off season, full mm-hmm. full summer camp, full fall camp, where they get to really dial in, strengthen up, learn the systems a little bit better, and you know, hope like Nate said, hopefully the tough times are behind us. But until 
they showed mm. us that they are, then you know, of course, there's going to be concerns about them. I, I, I mean, I, I think they're they're going to be average this year, which is significantly better yeah. than what it's been. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Next year it could be above average, and then with the talent they're bringing in in this class, and what they could possibly still add to the class, then we're talking about all right, not not now now. You know, now we now it's it. turning. Now it's turning. Yeah. Where yeah. average now, goes now, to above average. Now you got some athletes, <laughs> some 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 real players on top of some great coaching. That's when you're going to see that that jump to the next level. Yeah, and I mean the biggest thing for that offensive line and is for Coach Atkins that kind of job that he's going to have to do for this fall camp and figuring out, I think there's going to be a lot of different kind of schemes that he's going to run through on who fits where, but that's going to be a big time job for him and, and figuring out who fits where and, and the best Nick's on here asking how much of that improvement was defense is sitting back because of Travis, uh, Jordan Travis's run threat though, last year. Yeah. That, 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 added, that added to it, but you know, you have to look at the story of Norvell is he's always had a really good run offense. Even when he was at, at Arizona State as the offensive coordinator. You know, that's one thing he's done well. And, and you can control a lot of games by being a, a really good run offense. And, and you know, they have a quarterback in Milton that can push the ball down the field now. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I think this is something I agree with 125%. If you really think about it, if Florida State were to land five-star Kevin Coleman, you're able to, you know, we'll figure out what go, what's going on with Destin Hill, but you're, let's just say you're getting Destin Hill too. You've already got McLean. You've got Andrew Parchment. Uh, I'm missing one that I was just thinking. You've Brian got Robinson. Worse, and yeah, Brian Robinson. You've also got a guy, maybe, you know, Travis Hunter that I think is, uh, he's pretty good, right? I think he's, he's like one of the top, he's in the top 10 of one of the best players, right? <laughs> Parchment won't be on the roster next yep. year though. Parchment no, I'm thinking, I'm year. thinking Parchment's, got another season is it gibbons that for some there was something that just got gibbons has two gibbons Gibbons has two Mm -hmm. but looking ahead though you know also joshua burrell i mean that whole wide receiver room is completely stacked i mean coleman coleman is that guy that he's that he is that wide receiver he's that wide receiver you know destin hill is that wide receiver um you know, you got to figure that shit out, how to get him into Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, you know, those two, man. Woo. But, yeah, Col- Coleman is, is that guy. <laughs> Coleman's that guy. Two Ferraris and some porches around it, potentially. I'm excited. I'm excited to see McLean overall this upcoming year, too. Mm-hmm. Let's go jump into some basketball here. You know, Dustin and Austin have been going on, going at it in text, and we've been all nice <laughs> to each other tonight. But, you know, Dustin, you know, I get to say it right up here, right up front. You know, we haven't been able to have Scotty on here. You're an so, idiot. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin's saying that uh, Scotty Barnes is going to be a bust. Not so much of a fan. Thought it was a letdown. I think he's going to be a bust. I didn't say he's going to be a bust. He thinks he thinks he's going to be. That changes everything. No, no. He said before that he's going to be a bust. You just said he's going to. No, I said I think. No, you said is thinking gonna gonna is thinking gonna really change much? 
To be I fair, Dustin's exact words in the group chat were, I just think Scotty's going to bust. I don't get the hype. What's the difference between... Dang. Dang. Like, Austin's got the receipts? That's good. I said I think. That's, that's, that's the truth. And I, think, you, and I think you're a moron. So yeah. Oh, dang. We were going on such a good streak. <laughs> that's not too nice. That wasn't nice, Austin. <laughs> I don't care. We're going to lose what's-his-name on here on YouTube. We've been supposedly too mean to each other, so that's why we're being nice. Anybody didn't get that, and okay. Nate's gone now. But, yeah, do you think Austin... Scotty is a top five pick. From what I've been told, you know, I have talked with a lot of NBA people a lot, a lot, just talking where are these people going, talking to agents. Scotty's not falling past six, which as of right now, the sixth pick belongs to the OKC Thunder. Um, Toronto's done a ton of work on him at four. Orlando's done a lot of work on him at five. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if someone trades up, like if he gets to six. And someone convinces Orlando, hey, we'll give you this and this to come up against, or convinces OKC, we'll give you this and this to come up against Scotty. I could absolutely see it. Um, I don't love his fits with any of those teams mentioned. You know, with Toronto, they've already got Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, two guys on the wing where Scotty's going to play in the NBA. He's not going to be a point guard in the NBA. I just don't think he's a good enough scorer for today's league. Um, I think he's a perfect Draymond kind of guy where if he went to Golden State, learn from Draymond for a year or two, and then take over that role for the next 10 years, I think he's got one of the best careers of anyone in this class. But if he goes to a Toronto where he's buried on a depth chart or he goes to an Orlando where he's behind, you know, John Isaac, Shumo Kiki, you know, a lot of these guys just buried on the depth chart. They don't, they already have spacing issues. Okay, so he's a really young team. So, you know, I could see him going there and having success playing alongside Shea Gildas Alexander. And Shea's had a lot of success playing off ball as well. You know, I, I think that kind of stuff, ha that could work out well if, you know, with their later picks, I think OKC has, what is it, like pick 17 and pick 21 or something like that. You know, if they had some shooting with those picks, then yeah, it could work out. But to me, his best fits are three at Cleveland, which from what I've been told, they're going to take a, whoever's left of Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. Oh. And then seven Golden State. To me, those are his two best fits, but I don't see him going either of those two. It'll be one of the teams four through six. You aren't wrong, Austin. I do think Golden State would absolutely be the best fit for him out of anybody on this list. Because, I mean, to me, that makes, you know, kind of his liability with outside shooting not as much of a concern whenever you've got Steph Curry and Klay Thompson next to you. And, I mean, that's the same thing. It helps out Draymond Green. So, yeah, to um, me, I mean, it's really going to come down to where he goes. Um, you know, like like you said, Austin, there are some situations that are going to be worse for him and some situations that are going to be better. So hopefully he gets a good fit wherever he does end up. As uh, long as I, he doesn't end up in Orlando. Yeah, that's – I'm kind of the same way. I don't want him in Orlando right that, now. I mean, I, I think Golden State's really going for the – Home run, and I think they're going to try to trade those picks for like a Damian Lillard. You know, I I I, I want to see him. I want to see him as a Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Dustin, you're not going to sit there and be like, "Yes, that'd be awesome. I'd love him." No, no. Uh, for for me, man, I, you know, I'm not really in, into it like like Austin is with the, with the basketball and the into the NBA. Um. I just hope he doesn't end up in Orlando, though. That's just a, not a good match. 
It's just because of the spacing issues yeah. like that. It'd be the same yeah. thing if like New Orleans was to trade up. It'd be such a terrible mm -hmm. fit with Zion and Brandon Ingram. Mm -hmm. It'd be such a terrible fit. Same thing with Sacramento. I just don't mm -hmm. see that as that good of a fit. Really, I think Cleveland's a great fit. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh God, Cleveland. We already got Minnesota. Nah, they don't have a pick. That's the thing because it that's the uh, Warriors pick at seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would love them in Cleveland if Cleveland decided. Like if they fell out of love with Jalen Green or something like that, and they trade down to five, you know, I I would love to see him play on the wing next to Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, who both play like shooting guards but are built like point guards. You put in a guy like Scotty who plays like a point guard but he's a power forward. I think it's a dream come true for that team. It gives him some defense, gives him some versatility, gives him some playmaking. I think it makes a ton of sense. Whether they trade down, whether Orlando wants to give up both five and eight to go up two spots to select one of those guys. I don't know. Um, Let's hope. But, but it, I just I, – I don't want him going to Orlando. As, as cool as it would be to see him playing alongside John Isaac and just have this terror tower combo of Scotty Barnes and John Isaac just wreaking havoc across the lane, blocking shots from the weak side, I just uh, – the offense would be miserable to watch in today's NBA. I would love him with the Warriors. I said that. Uh, about Vassell, didn't I? I said that about Vassell, yeah. I was hoping I was, get him. Well, I think it was Patrick, maybe. He, he was good with either. Yeah. I would have taken both. I just need really that drive to really watch NBA during the regular season, to be honest. And, you know, maybe I just need a null. Dustin doesn't want a null whatsoever on his basketball team. But I've wanted I'll so many. I, I, no, you don't get Scotty now. I didn't you want know. Scotty. You won't be able I've to get him. I've wanted so many other guys. I wanted Malik. Yeah. I wanted Pat. I wanted Devin. No, no, you don't. I wanted Dwayne Bacon. I wanted Isaac. If anything, that should tell you something that I wanted all those guys, and I don't want Scotty. Tells you you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But, but get into some of these other guys. Obviously, Scotty is not the only guy in the draft. You know, Raekwon Gray surprised a lot of fans when he decided to stay in the draft, sign an agent. Um. He had a weird combine process where, you know, he measured in at 17% body fat, but he still tested kind of well. Like his athletic traits were still like on par with everyone else. You know, the, the size is going to concern some people, but some other teams are going to go, he did this at this size. That's the guy we want. Um, a, a couple teams I've been told to watch out for. Um, New Orleans at 40 is, I, I think, the highest he would go. Um, he spent a lot of time in San Antonio. And, and if you think back to those mid-2010s runs when they had Boris Diaw, Turk's a very similar mm -hmm. player to Boris Diaw. Um, Dustin will like this. Boston at 45. Um, I will not hate that. Back a couple seasons ago, they tried to convince him to go to the draft so they could take him as an undrafted free agent or late second round. So that's a team to keep an mm -hmm. eye on. Um, and then you, you, you go further down the list. I think Philadelphia at 50. Makes a lot of sense to get another playmaker there alongside Ben Simmons. Um, New Orleans again at 53. Uh, I think any of those teams I would keep a strong, strong eye on. Obviously, the second round's a crapshoot. Like, there's so many trades throughout the night. Yeah. Those will be the teams I'm watching out for. I was told by Florida State staff, Balsha Kobravica could get a late second round grab. Um, cause he's got, he's got a rare skill set for someone that's seven foot one. His feet are so quick. His hands are so strong. And we saw how he progressed throughout the season. 
Um, he's worked out with, I think, six teams in the last two and a half weeks. I mean, he's been cross country. Um, one team to keep a, really keep an eye on there is Charlotte. He was working out here last week, and they own book picks 56 and 57 at the end of the second round. Um, that's that's the one situation I, I could see him going to. He worked out for the Lakers. If that happens, it's going to be an undrafted free agency spot. Um, I think he worked out for Sacramento today or yesterday. Their only second-round pick as of now is 39. That's another undrafted look. And then with MJ Walker, at this point, it's looking like he's going to go undrafted and get a two-way contract, much like Trent Forrest did a year ago, which is not a bad way to go. You know, guys have made a career off of it. So, but that's that's what we're hearing as of now. You know, a week away from the draft. Obviously, we'll have more full coverage in mm-hmm. the Discord and hopefully on this podcast next week. Yep. So MJ uh, was in Brooklyn today working out. He's he's another guy that's just worked out everywhere. He's been OKC. He was in Charlotte at the same time as Balsha. As you mentioned, Brooklyn. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other teams. He's worked out with like nine or ten teams. Wow. Just, I think, yeah, I think he worked out with Boston two weeks ago. Hey, he's been everywhere. Good for him. P- appreciate the comment. <laughs> Fiddle Griddle here with a comment on YouTube saying Austin is a sexy man. Appreciate that. Uh, do we? Do you know who this person is, Austin? I'm assuming it's Chief Fiddle in the uh, Discord. Maybe so. I just didn't know. I. That's my guess. I didn't know if it was one of the girls. I, I hope on it. Twitter. I, hope, I hope it is. I hope so too. I'd be pulling for you, my man. If the show's <laughs> starting to bring in the ladies on a 10:30 <laughs> Thursday night show, we've officially really made it. You know, right, right, Nate. Wake up, wake up. Oatmeal's not ready yet. Up oh, there. You go. <laughs> my phone's at four percent. Waiting for y'all assholes to hurry up. It looks like it's about to explode. It's off and on. The battery's about to explode. Uh, but yeah, I think that's practically about everything on here. I know we want to mention maybe really quickly 2022 offensive tackle Dachi Richardson, I believe, is committing on. Oh, God, I'm going to screw this up. August 2nd? I don't know. I no, try to he's keep... committing on Sunday. Yeah, the 25th. Dude. Ah, that's close enough, right? Nah, no, it's not. It'd be nice. Be nice. Remember that. I'll be nice. That's that's committing December twenty seventh, right around the corner. (laughs) Uh, Well, crap. Well, he's he's committing Florida State. How do y'all feel about it? Quick, quick, kind of quick. I think it's a FSU Miami Kentucky battle, and feeling good about where FSU stands right now. Checking the Discord for more. A lot more. Uh, um, I I think that. He's a developmental talent that you take and talk, you'll see him in two years. And then one last thing here, Florida State's holding a big-time recruiting event this weekend. Dustin, you've been all over it, updating the guys inside Patreon and slash Discord. That list keeps growing. Some kind of subtracting a little bit, but growing more every day a little bit, it seems like. But you've got a big-time uh, star coming in, your biggest recruiting <coughs> talent with Travis Hunter coming this weekend too. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hunter's there. Wrap it up. Next. <laughs> it's over. If, if it's over, Travis Hunter's there. Yeah, it's it's done. I mean, you Next. got four five star defensive backs that are going to be in Tallahassee this weekend. Travis Hunter, Sam McCall, Tony Mitchell, and Cormani McLean. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, that's that's not it. You know, there's going to be a ton you of get, talent there across the board. What are you the doing? Top, there, the Logan? top two. I was doing the top two corners in the 2023 class will be in attendance this weekend. Yeah, make sure to say that. And also 
Um, high priority offensive tackle target Elijah Pritchett among the guys expected to be in attendance. And this is going to be another kind of social event for Florida State to continue building connections. And then there's also going to be some guys that go through workouts. I don't know if everybody in attendance is going to do it, but I know at least some guys will be working out inside Dope Campbell Stadium with the coaching staff. So should be an exciting Sunday. Absolutely. Love the competition. Got a lot of talent there. I'd love to see some clips. We might need to sneak over there. I'm actually in town for this one, D. Lou. Might have to do a little sneaking. Real quick. And you live in Tallahassee. Where else would you be? And, and, I was in Dallas for the last one. Go ahead, Nate, before your quick, phone explodes. Yeah, re- yeah, before my phone dies. Yeah, and you know, so Forsey has the best football player in the last five years on campus. But you mentioned the um you know, the two corners that Florida State is sitting in a good position for. Um mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Like like mm-hmm. like a good good to great. For both of those those guys, yeah, a lot of them big men too, mm-hmm. big boys. Which FSU fans will take it any day of the week. I just wanted to kind of end this off here too, as you've kind of noticed here the last couple of weeks, and obviously this week we're not we don't have Los on here. Sadly, uh, he talked with us in the group chat, and you know let us know he's he's gonna be focusing on you know his career right now and also his personal life and and taking care of the family. So. He told us he can no longer, uh, he doesn't have the time uh, to come on the show and he wishes us the best. And, you know, we're always still going to stay in contact. You know, we're, we're always going to be family and, you know, you know, we were talking, we'll still chat here and there. Might be able to have him on here to preview a few games with us, but it was really his decision, you know, just to focus on what he needs to focus on. And so we wish him all the best and definitely appreciate him coming on here. The multiple, times of great memories of Nate and Los absolutely going at it from week one, I think was one of the best things of the show whenever uh, both of them were on at the same time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he brought in some great insight and I think, you know, I wish him all the best and he's always treated us like family and we will do the same to him all the time. So uh, best of luck to him. Yeah. um, Nah, I can't, I can't go there. You you think he, you think I can't go there. No, uh, I, I, I was going to say something, um, but I, I'm not going to go there in terms of um, talking about <laughs> other other podcasts. But you know, uh, you're being nice tonight. Um, so yeah, you, you know, I, uh, I, I, I know I what you're going. Luck. You're going to stay nice. I, I was lost uh, a lot of luck. You know, it was fun. You know, debating him and always being correct. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'll look. I will say he he would get heated a few times, but then he would bounce back and listen. And you know, he would say, Okay, I understand that. So he was by far a great, a great addition. We wish him luck. And maybe, maybe down the road, we'll be able to have a get him back on here, but uh, still, we'll always be family. And uh, yeah. So yeah, I just want to kind of mention that before we end off the podcast, gentlemen. I thought this was this was stacked beyond belief. It just goes to show we used to do these little silly segments where we did dad jokes. That's We've come a far, far ways of that in rating. This, to be fair, I know you do because those Good are time. your those are your tender lines. But uh, yeah, absolutely, think we did a great job here, kind of giving y'all some information, getting y'all ready for fall camp. Next week we'll start on the offense. We'll go position by position, breaking it down. Then next the next week after that, it will be defense along with special teams, and we'll give our last little thoughts before fall camp begins, gentlemen. Thank y'all so much for coming on here. 
you are you all can also listen to the podcast on itunes google play spotify youtube if you're on youtube right now i would definitely appreciate if you hit the like button and the subscription button um it's free to do it's quick to do and definitely helps support us trying to get that youtube uh channel growing quite a bit but i definitely appreciate all the support from you all we will see you guys next week on thursday at 8 30 p.m we're getting closer to football season fellas it feels good we're getting there see you guys next week good night thank you